Yesterday on Twitter, there was much outrage. Some would say faux outrage in response to a policy paper produced by the free market think tank, the Institute of Economic Affairs. I'm going to talk to the author of that paper, Christian Niemitz, to find out what really happened and what the story is behind that outrage. Christian, what is your uh, pamphlet policy paper about? It's about what I call core information bias. What I mean by that is people using the pandemic as a new excuse to peddle old agendas. You can see this right across the political spectrum that uh, people with completely different worldviews all claim that somehow the pandemic has proved that they have been right all along, that some pet cause that they've been peddling for years has now been vindicated, uh, been made more urgent than ever. And I'm saying most of these examples are harmless, but uh, some of them could have long-term implications, uh, especially the idea that we need a bigger state, that's because of austerity, that the British state wasn't prepared for the pandemic. Uh, I'm showing that is nonsense. Um, there's the idea that, that we've become too dependent on trade and that that was the problem, that we have to uh, reshore everything and uh, that then we would be pandemic proof. And finally, the idea that the NHS has been some kind of miracle star performer when I'm saying, no, it hasn't. If you look at outcomes, health outcomes around the world, nothing special about NHS outcomes. Now you almost committed blasphemy there by saying something negative almost. about the NHS. And that it, the NHS is almost a, a religious organization in Britain. And you know, as much as we all appreciate it, it's not without its fault. But because you said that, the deputy leader of the Labour Party got involved and attacked your pamphlet and attacked uh, Matt Hancock for being somehow associated with the Institute of Economic Affairs. Did that surprise you? Um, I didn't expect that particular response, but I did expect misrepresentation and performative outrage because I've written on healthcare before and that is something that happens every time. You can't predict the exact form which it will take, but you can predict that there will be something uh, along those lines. And in this case, okay, it was fairly predictable in the sense that she was misrepresenting this as somehow an attack on doctors, an attack on nurses. But imagine somebody had written a report saying uh, educational outcomes in Britain aren't as good as in some other countries, or productivity isn't as high as in some other countries. Nobody would have said, oh, this is this is a shocking attack on teachers, or this is a shocking attack on workers. It would then be totally clear, no, somebody's talking about some macro level outcomes here, and surely we need to look into that. I think David Lammy said you insulted the NHS. Did you? Um, I didn't insult anyone. I simply compared some results and described how some other systems work. Um, but no, I, I, I think these, these, these people are intentionally misunderstanding uh, the, the, the reports. If they actually read it, they would probably think, hmm, what's all the fuss about, actually? This is, this is all fairly unobjectionable. So apart from those responses, were there positive responses as well? Yes, there are always some positive responses as well. There are, there must, there, there are, I think there are lots of people in, in the country who are a bit fed up with the NHS cult. They may, maybe they, they may not have an exact alternative in mind. They may not know exactly what they would do differently, but uh, they, they certainly realize there are other ways of doing it and there is 
nothing that special about the system we currently have and who just don't see why it's so outrageous that somebody talks about alternatives or, or improvements because we don't do this in other areas. In fact, I've had quite a few people and uh, that's also in the in the media coverage. If you go to the comment section, uh, quite a few people who say I work for the NHS. I actually agree with a lot of this. So that's, yeah, we that's see that so too. Whenever we write about the NHS, we usually get emails from people who work inside the NHS saying exactly that, that there's lots of waste and it's not perfect. Yeah, it's usually shy critics. They would usually uh, start with, I wouldn't say this in front of my colleagues, but. Keen-eared listeners to this will detect an accent, uh, a German accent from you, Christian. Are you arguing for a German-style model in the UK? It doesn't have to be that specific system, but that would be one possible uh, model to look at. And there's similar systems in some of the neighbor countries. I'd say the, the systems in the Netherlands, uh, in Switzerland, they're fairly similar to the German one, but even better, even more liberal, even more market oriented. But broadly speaking, yes, that is uh, one of the, the, the types of systems that uh, I'm looking at. That's a system where you can choose between lots of different competing health insurers and where the healthcare provider side is uh, fairly diverse and market oriented. You could choose between private uh, charitable hospitals, private for-profit hospitals, local government-owned hospitals. You, you get a competitive market and you still get universal access. If you can't afford your insurance premium, then the state will pay it for you. Now, you're frequently accused of being part of the Tufton Street conspiracy. Are you actually part of the Tufton Street conspiracy? Um, I'm normally not literally on Tufton Street, but not too far away from it. Yeah, well, there's, there's a couple of, uh, of think tanks in that corner of London that are uh, that have overlapping worldviews. And of course, I know most of the people who work there, people who know, know each other uh, and who work on similar issues, talk to each other. Yes. Whenever I walk past Tufton Street, the biggest building there is the Mother's Union. Are they part of the conspiracy too, I ask myself. But more importantly, is, why is the healthcare system here always political football? And I know this is blown up just before the local elections. What can we do to take it out of being a political football? I'm afraid as long as we have a state-run healthcare system, that is inherently political. There have been attempts for decades to take it out of daily politics, uh, reduce the influence that the Secretary of State has. It's just that, um, well, NHS spending is something like 8% of GDP. It's the single biggest uh, position in the budget. And uh, you're just not going to have that organized in an apolitical way. Uh, people will want to know what's, what's, what's happening with the health service. When something goes wrong, they will blame the party in government. They will blame the health secretary. And that means that they will want to have some influence and some control over what happens. So you're just not going to take the politics out of a sector that is so big and an area that is so emotional. You were telling me just before uh, we started recording this that the controversy has been really good for you. You've sold more books and there's been more downloads of the policy paper. Where can we download the policy paper from if we want to read out what was behind the headlines? Oh, well, that's just on our website, uh, iea.org.uk. And uh, if, you, if you click on research, then uh, you'll find the report itself. And if you go back a bit further, you'll find lots of other material that we've done over the years. 
Christian, thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you.